you have your Bibles? Would you, would you open your Bible today? God has a word for us, and I want to hear what he has to say. How about you? Amen. Proverbs chapter 19, everyone. Would you mind opening your Bible and turning to Proverbs chapter 19? As you're turning there, I also want to announce some very, very exciting news. <clears throat> With July 4th on the horizon... We've hung our flag. I want you to continue to give God thanks for our freedom and the independence that we have as a, as a nation and a, a spiritually as, as Christians, as followers of Christ. I believe Independence Day serves two meanings for the believer. But also pray for our country. She's a little confused if you haven't noticed lately. The most current of events will confirm what I say to you. America, the great country that she is, is a little confused. And we need to pray that God would guide and direct and bless this great nation. So this week of all weeks is your opportunity to thank God that you are an American, but also to pray that God would truly bless America. How many will commit to praying for this nation over this week especially. Well, I know you're going to want to celebrate. So um, we have flyers. We have a, a, a fireworks stand um, located between La Palma and Crescent Avenues on Valley View. So I want you to get all of your firework fun from the La Palma site. It will be worth it. We even have a, some food stands, I believe, coming. Really, really exciting. And so, food trucks, sorry, they're going to serve food. I don't know. So, come see us. Starts um, tomorrow, all week long, well, until the 4th. So, great. Is there a discount for having this or no? Okay. Pick up one of the flyers. There is um, some directive on how you can even get a discount. Um, Proverbs 19, one verse here. It's verse number 11. Look at this with me. The discretion of a man makes him slow to anger. Somebody say slow to anger. The discretion of a man makes him slow to anger and his glory is to overlook a transgression. Father, we thank you now for your word. The most important part for us at least is the speaking, the reciting, the hearing, and the receiving of your word. What you have sent your word to do, God, let that be done in Jesus' mighty name. Come on and say amen. amen. I hope you've enjoyed this series entitled Games People Play. We continue today with part five. My favorite game is Uno. My favorite game is Monopoly. My favorite game is the play place at McDonald's. Games people play, night or day, they're just not matching what they should do. Play a little Angry Birds today. 
The game of the day is Angry Birds. How many have ever played Angry Birds? You downloaded that on your app. You've got it on your phone or your tablet. Come on, let me see your hand if you've ever played Angry Birds. All right, it's a little bit addicting, I've got to tell you. I should know. <laughs> I have several, because there's not just one Angry Bird. There's several Angry Birds. How many have never played Angry Birds? Never? What? Let me see your hand again. You've never played Angry Birds. Yolanda, today's your special day, sis. Come here. Come here, hon. Hurry up. You get to play a little bit of Angry Birds today. Both of you, come here. There's two Yolandas that never played Angry Birds. You don't get off that easy. Come here, sis, both of you. We just let both of you play. Oh, no, you're up here. You're both going to play now. So come here. You got these birds, see? And they get angry at pigs. And so, let's see here. See, there's the, there's the... There's the pig, and there's the angry bird. So you have to pull your finger back, and you, 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 let him, you slingshot him over to try to kill the pig. So, and you want to you get the best score that you can. So take, take a, pull your finger back. Uh-oh, a little higher. Oh, got to go a little higher than that. You get another chance. Mm-hmm. So we go back. Try it again. Go a little bit higher. So... Pull your finger back there. That's too high. Mm, there you go. That looks now low. Uh, yeah. Boom. Look at that. Okay. Uh-oh. One star, but that's all right. Okay, come here. Yolanda number two, same thing. You pull the bird back, slingshot it, and you got about four pigs that you're trying to give them what for. Oh, yes. Well, you got one. Okay. Anybody want to help her with this a little bit? Tell her what she's supposed to do here? What are you supposed to do? Well, see, there's a little slant here, so I think if you come back that way, I don't know. Okay. So go a little bit higher. Let's see what that does. Down. Like that. Oh! You still get one more chance here. So you want to see where he's at? Yeah. Okay. Yep, I think so. Oh, look at that. Like a pro. Thank you, ladies. Thank you, Yolanda. Now you'll be addicted, and I'll have to pray for you for uh, addiction later. It's the craziest, silliest thing I've ever seen. I forget who told me about it way back when, but when I, when I, when I downloaded it, I, I was hooked. Angry Birds debuted in 2009, and it's been downloaded, get this, over 300 million times. 
That's a lot of Angry Birds right there. It's on track to reach one billion downloads in the not-too-distant future. And here's where it gets shocking. People play Angry Birds 200 million minutes per day. Don't they have a life? Don't they have a job? That's equal to 16 years of gameplay every hour, every day. Angry Birds. We're having a little bit of fun today, but I, I want to get to the heart of something. And that is, drop the birds off and just stay focused on the anger portion for, for a few moments with me. You see, church, anger is no laughing matter. Amen? Anger can take hold of you and put a death grip on you before you even know it. I want to give you some tools today, some tips, really, on how to deal with anger in the biblical way. The story is told that in the late 1800s, Alfred Lord Tennyson invited a Russian nobleman to his estate. Early one morning, this nobleman took off with the dogs and his guns, and they went out hunting. At midday... He returns, and Lord Tennyson asks him, how did it go? He answered, not very well. I shot two peasants. Lord Tennyson thought for a moment, and he said to him, well, we don't pronounce it like that. We pronounce it with a P-H. It's, it's pheasants. You, you shot two pheasants. He said, no, I shot two peasants. They were rude to me, so I shot them. <laughs> That's a true story. You say, well, I, thank God nothing like that happens today. People don't go, don't go around shooting people just because they're mad, just because they're angry. Let me tell you what happened in Philadelphia, Jamie. Jamie's from the city of love, brotherly love. Let me tell you what happened in this city of brotherly love. Not very long ago, there was construction blockage on a road. It narrowed the traffic down to one lane. Doesn't sound anything like L.A. traffic, does it? It created long backups as the cars from each direction took turns getting past the blockage. Well, this one driver patiently waited his turn, but just as he was about to get past the blockage... A car came up from the side on the shoulder and passed all the waiting cars and crowded his way in front of him and all the other cars. Have you ever seen anything like that? They geese, we call it geeso. They geeso in. That make you mad. That's enough to make you angry. Well, it did make this driver mad. To make matters worse, the driver then turned around with a smirk on his face and offered an obscene gesture to the guy. This infuriated the first driver. So when traffic was stopped at the next construction bottleneck, you know what he did? He got out, and he got a gun out, and he shot and killed the man. That's Philadelphia, current day, recent. You say, well, we don't live in that part of the country. Philadelphia is kind of known for, for, for crime and violence. Look what happened just a month ago right in our area. 
One of the nastiest neighbors you could ever imagine. Barry Swagel took a property fight with his neighbors to a new level when he went on a bulldozer rampage. That got him arrested, held on $1 million bail. And ABC's David Wright has the 911 tape that captured all the action. A guy with a D9 bulldozer that just come onto my property, knocked my fence down. And my house down. In the remote Pacific Northwest, a chilling 911 call. He totally wrecked my property altogether. It just totally wiped it out. He's smashing my house, fuck the A dispute between two neighbors run amok to the point that one neighbor climbed into a bulldozer. Now he's going right through the center of the house. Okay. All right. What's his name? Barry Swagel. You better get some cops up here with some guns because this son of a gun is crazy. The caller, Van Davis, still on the phone, describes Swiegel going on to destroy his brand new truck. Now he's back and he's over my truck. He's right over my new diesel pickup, right over the top of it. Now he's turned to the cab, running over it. Now I don't have a house, I don't have a truck, I don't have power on my property. Totally destroyed my house, totally. 51-year-old Barry Swiegel is now charged with assault, burglary, and malicious mischief. His lawyer says it all started with a long-running property dispute. I've known him for many years. He has no history of anything like this, nothing even close. Uh, apparently, he was not interested in hurting anybody because nobody was hurt. Swiegel is a lumberjack. He owns the tractor. He has pleaded not guilty. Good morning, America. David Wright, ABC News, Los Angeles. Not guilty. Okay. That's insane, folks. That's crazy. That's California. And that's within the last four to six weeks. Anybody else see that on the news recently? That's anger out of control. Anger is nothing to mess with. I want to bring up our text one more time. I want you to see this close. It says that the discretion of a man... You see, God gives us discretion and ability to deal with anger when it comes. The discretion of a man makes him slow to anger. And his glory is to overlook a transgression. There are four types of anger that the Bible addresses. I want you to jot them down. Number one, sudden anger. Number two, sinful anger. Number three, stubborn anger. Number four is sanctified anger. Number one, sudden anger. Number two, sinful anger. Number three, stubborn anger. And finally, we will look closely at what I've called sanctified anger. So look, let's look and see what the Bible says about each of these. First of all, we're going to start with sudden anger. Sudden anger is to be controlled. What is sudden anger? Well, that's when you suddenly get angry. <laughs> Circumstances may provoke sudden anger. How many have ever been on the 405 and suddenly you got angry? <laughs> Lena, me too. I mean, that, that'll pull it out of you right there. You get stuck in traffic. Somebody cuts you off. All kinds of things. It's, it, you, you started your day off right. You took your vitamins. You took your orange juice. You drank your orange juice. You did everything right. You, did, you weren't planning on getting angry, but a circumstance arose. And suddenly, 
you became angry. Circumstances can trigger sudden anger. Uh, Conversations can trigger sudden anger. You're just talking with somebody, and all of a sudden they say something that's not so nice. Maybe you overhear a conversation and they say something not true about you. Somebody tells you something that somebody else said. And you can get enraged and angry so quickly and suddenly that you had no intention on being angry that day. How many have ever experienced sudden anger? You'd just be honest today. You weren't planning on it. You didn't really want to get angry. Anger is a real emotion and it's going to come to everybody. No matter who you are, if you're male or female, if you're single, if you're married, it doesn't matter the color of your skin. I'm telling you, if you're a human being, you are prone to anger and you will from time to time get angry. What are you going to do when that emotion flares up in you? Suddenly, without any advance notice or warning. How about when the internet shuts down and you're halfway through your master's paper? How about when the electricity goes off for about an hour and a half or so? Anybody have the electricity go off recently? It was off for a long time. I went out to get dinner, and two hours later I came back because everywhere I went was shut down. Oh, no, electricity is off. We can't. We're closed. It took us two hours before we could get dinner. And I was hungry, so it made me a little bit mad. (laughs) Hunger is another trigger, by the way. For sudden anger. Proverbs 14, 17 says, A quick-tempered man acts foolishly. Some people want to put this off on their mother or their father or their genetic line. Well, my grandmother had a quick temper and then my mother had a quick temper, so I guess I'm just naturally going to have a quick temper. Well, what about the fact that you are born again and all all things are, are new? Behold, the old is gone and the new has come. What about that? That means you should have a new nature and you cannot any longer blame your quick nature, your quick temper on your heritage. My mother was that way. My grandmother was that way. I have red hair. I'm Irish. And if you're Irish today, I don't mean anything by that. I'm just saying that's a stereotypical Irish thing. How many Irish believers do we have in the house? Any Irish believers? God bless you. And if you don't take care of your quick temper, guess what happens? You morph into a hot-tempered person. And Proverbs 15, 18 says that a hot-tempered person stirs up conflict, but the one who's patient will calm a quarrel. If you don't learn to control your quick temper, you will become a hot-tempered person, always flying off the handle, always having a chip on your shoulder, easily offended, always reading into what people say and what people do, always stirring up trouble. Have you ever met anybody like this? Don't look around the room. Will Rogers said, Whenever you fly into a rage you seldom make a safe landing. Chuck Swindoll, great, great preacher, was quoted as saying, I got so angry one time, I gave a guy a piece of my mind. Unfortunately, 
It was a piece I couldn't afford to lose. You know, anger is like a pressure cooker. I had a lady in our first service, Shirley Pyle. She said, anger is like a pressure cooker. You never know when the lid's going to fly off and what direction it's going to hit. It made me think of when I was a boy. My grandmother was cooking green beans in a pressure cooker and she didn't have the lid on quite right. And so at the peak of the pressure, it blew the lid off and green beans were embedded into the ceiling and all over the room. (laughs) Think about anger like that. Just explosive. And hitting everybody as shrapnel. Your anger. But see, sudden anger must be controlled. Control your temper. Church, let me pastor you a minute. Control your temper. Control yourself. Recognize the anger when it suddenly comes upon you. Repent of your anger and ask for the help of the Holy Spirit to actually control your anger. Because if you are a Spirit-filled believer and led by the Spirit, then you should be producing fruit by the Spirit. And remember what Galatians 5, 22 and 23 says? The fruit of the Spirit is, somebody say it out loud, self-control. Notice that it's self-control. It's you controlling yourself with the help of the Holy Spirit who's inside of you. We would like for God just to do it all for us, wouldn't we? We would like for the Holy Spirit to do all the work, but the Holy Spirit is going to assist you and me in controlling ourselves if we ask for His help. That's being led by the Spirit and walking in the Spirit and producing fruit by the Spirit. Sudden anger must be controlled. The second type of anger that I saw the Bible dealing with is sinful anger. Now, sinful anger, on the other hand, it's to be condemned. This is the anger that causes you to want somebody else to hurt. And I know nobody's going to really own up to this today, and that's fine. See, I love that Jesus got to the heart of matter. Matthew 5, 21, Jesus is talking to his disciples. He says, you've heard it. You've heard that it was said of those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders is in danger of judgment. And all of them said, that doesn't apply to me. And all of us probably say, that doesn't apply to me. But it goes on. He says, but I say to you, that whoever is angry with his brother without a just cause shall be in danger of judgment. This is sinful anger, folks. This is anger that kind of sets in you for a while. This is the heart of the matter. It says if you're angry with your brother, well, of course, that could mean your literal family, not, not just if you have a brother, because I don't have any brothers, so then I could say, well, I don't have a brother. Well, he's clearly not just talking about a blood brother. He's talking about your family, 
And I believe it applies to the spiritual family. Look around the room and see how varied our spiritual family is. You don't have to look very far to see someone with a different shade of skin than you, someone with a different ethnicity, someone that maybe even speaks a different language. You're still part of the family. You're my sister. You're my sister. You're my brother. And we're the family of God. And so we are not to hold anger toward our brothers or our sisters. But yet how many churches are filled with believers who are angry? They're angry birds. Mm -mm -mm. Somebody felt that. Bless her, Jesus. It's crazy, church. It's absolutely insane. How many churches are filled with believers who are angry at one another, won't even speak to one another, hope they never encounter that person because they are so angry and it didn't get resolved. We don't have time for that. We should be loving our family. Come on, somebody help me today. We should be supporting our family. We should be encouraging our family. We should not be spending our time angry with one another. God, help us. There's too much work to do, and I need your help. You need that person's help to be angry with them. Disputes over the smallest of things, neighbor against neighbor, it's not right. It does not please God. It says, without cause, this, this portion of Scripture, uh, if I say to you, whoever's angry with his brother without cause. Now, this le- led me to think that sometimes there is legitimate cause to be angry. And so, you work that out. Some things legitimately make us angry. We should work it out, clear the air, get to the matter, get to a resolve. There are five questions to ask to determine if the anger is sinful. Number one, is the anger directed toward a person? Ask yourself this. This will let you know if it's sinful anger or not. Is the anger directed toward someone? Is the anger, number two, without a justifiable cause? There's a legitimate reason that you were angry, but you worked it out. You hashed it out. You talked it out. Number three, does the anger seek revenge? This is deadly right here. I want to get even. I want them to hurt. That's sinful anger, folks. And it's got to be condemned. Number one, is the anger directed toward a person? Number two, is the anger without a justifiable cause? Number three, does the anger seek revenge? Number four, is it, I call it a cherished anger. Some people just delight in being angry. Is it a cherished anger? You actually like being angry at someone. That's sinful. That's no good for you. And number five, ask this question to determine if the anger is sinful. Number five, is it anger that leads to unforgiveness? Unforgiveness is a prison cell. It will hold you captive and keep you as a prisoner. And there are people who are unwilling to forgive another person 
and they've been dead and buried for 10 years. It's true. It happens all the time. I'm talking about believers still holding on to something, not able to let go, not able to forgive. Today is your day for freedom from that. I believe that God will actually give you the ability to forgive someone and ask for forgiveness. You want to really be free? Ask someone to forgive you for something you didn't even do. A fight you didn't even start. An argument that you didn't even initiate. Will you forgive me? Instead of saying, well, they started it. Well, they prompted it. They caused it. Yeah, but you're trapped because of it. You're imprisoned because of unforgiveness. Today, I believe the Holy Spirit is going to free some folks. He's going to unlock a door that has held you captive for many, many years. And you will be free as you condemn sinful anger. The third type of anger that the Bible addresses, I want us to look closely at it. It's stubborn. I call it stubborn anger. Stubborn anger, you've got to get up over it. You've got to get up on it and you've got to conquer it. It cannot lead you and drive you. You must be free from stubborn anger. You know what stubborn anger is? Stubborn anger is sinful anger back here that was never properly dealt with. If you don't deal with sinful anger, it will translate and morph into stubborn anger. And this is an anger that stays day after day, week after week, month after month, and a person can go many, many years harboring a stubborn anger. This is the result of pride. You know what comes after pride, don't you? Fall comes after pride, and we're not talking about September, October, November fall. We're talking about falling flat on your face fall. There's no room for pride in the, in the heart of a believer anyway. Let it go. Let it go. Ephesians 4.26, would you mind turning in your Bible? There's several scriptures that I, I will bring up on the screen, but I, I really feel to maximize these verses, I want you to open your Bible. Turn in your tablet, turn on your phone. Come on, get with me right here in Ephesians chapter 4. You'll see at verse 26, it actually says, Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Wow. You know, when you let the sun go down on your wrath, read on, verse 27, nor give place to the devil. Let's say one day you come home after a bad day at work. Anybody had a bad day at work recently? It happens. You come home from a bad day at work. The boss chewed you out. A customer cussed you out. You're already worked up. And your wife says, did you remember to stop by the store and pick up the bread and milk? You forgot. And she says, you always forget. 
and you come back at her and then she comes back at you and you start boxing with the words and you're in a full-out fight and an argument ensues. Words start flying and it goes on all evening and you pull in all kinds of stuff that has nothing to do with bread or milk. And you are lathered up by the time it's time for bed. But you're too prideful to say, I'm sorry. You're too prideful to, to resolve it. And so you go to bed and you face one way. And she goes to bed and she faces the other way. And the sun goes down. You know what happened? It's like you just opened the door and you said, Devil, come right on into my home. When you don't resolve anger properly and quickly in a biblical way, you are giving place to the devil. Nobody wants to think like they're opening the door to the devil. I understand. But your actions will do that. And your unwillingness to forgive is like opening the door to the enemy and just saying, have a field day with my family. Because once he's in your home, he's going to mess with your whole family. Pride comes in, stubborn anger sets in. The results of this are, are tragic, and some never actually recover from stubborn anger. The result of stubborn anger is bitterness. Bitterness is when anger sets in for too many days, too many weeks, too many months, too many years, and it just takes root. The root of bitterness. How many have ever heard of a root of bitterness? You ever heard of a root of bitterness? You know why it's called a root of bitterness? It's, it's anger that stayed too long that a person didn't deal with. And so they just stayed stuck in it for so long that it started taking root. And then they couldn't get up from it if they wanted to because they're rooted down in anger that is magnified into bitterness. It's stubborn anger. You could have taken care of it way back there. Bitterness. Look at verse number 31. Let all bitterness, all wrath, and here's some more anger, and clamor, and all evil speaking, let all of that be put away with you, plus malice. The result of stubborn anger is bitterness. It's wrath... And more anger, which equals rage. That's what wrath and more anger. It just, it just continues to multiply. And wrath or rage is uh, bitterness boiling and bubbling on the inside of you. That's rage. You ever seen anybody enraged, completely out of their mind with anger? The result is malice. Malice is stubborn anger, bitterness, wrath. Malice is wanting harm to someone. I hope they die. You say, surely Christians don't believe that way. Surely Christians don't think that way. Some do. They're so trapped. You see... Pastor Steve, you didn't see what happened to me, though, when I was a child. I was raped as a child, someone may say. I was fondled as a little boy, some, someone else may say. 
and I'm mad about it. I'm angry over it. Folks, it's wrong. There's no good in that. But there's a lot of messed up people in the world. There's a real enemy that's manipulating how people think and how they end up reacting. And you're still a child of God. And you still have the ability to choose how you will deal with what comes your way. And harboring anger and holding on to anger because of something that was done to you that was not right is still no good for you. It will still do you great, great harm. But when you can get to a place where you say, I let go, I forgive, you're free. They have no more power over you because not only did they rape you or molest you or fondle you, they continue to hold you captive years later because of anger, bitterness, or unforgiveness. Let me give you the remedy for stubborn anger. Resolve it. As quickly as you can, and if you can, try to resolve an anger issue before the sun goes down. You know, I've got my pastors here, and they're just real men. They're real people. And every now and then, we won't see eye to eye. And they may say something or do something that I really didn't like. I'm going to really let everybody in on it, Pastor Moses. But what do I say, Pastor Moses? Tell everybody what I say. Here's what I say. I got a rock in my shoe, and I want to dump it out. That's how I approach it. There's a rock in my shoe. You're welcome to adopt this philosophy. You got to, we want to say something to someone. You just say, you know what? I got a rock in my shoe. And all it is is just this opportunity. And I, it, it goes both ways. I tell them, I have an open-door policy. If you need to say something to me, just come in and tell me I got a rock in my shoe. I'll know what that means. That means we just need to have a talk. Make sure that I, I didn't hear something that you didn't say or, or what you said was what it meant. And I, we just clear the air. We resolve it. Resolve it. Because people say things, people do things, circumstances arise. If at all possible, resolve this stubborn anger and get it off your plate and get it out of your heart. The second remedy for stubborn anger, and this is critical, everyone. Let me have your attention. Forgive. This is the moment of the sermon, by the way. It's right here. Forgive. You're going to have to reach deep. And you're going to have to ask for help from the Holy Spirit. Because you may not even possess it in your own ability. Probably don't. So ask the Holy Spirit to produce this in you. Forgiveness. If you've ever asked anyone to forgive you for something you didn't even do or you didn't even start, I'm telling you, there's no liberation quite like it. I've done it. I've done it. I've asked for forgiveness for something that I didn't start. I didn't initiate, but I was embroiled in it. And when I said, will you forgive me? This person had nowhere to go. And I was freed. I was completely 
free. You've got to, you've got to forgive. If we don't forgive, how can we expect the Father to forgive us? Come on now. Bring up verse number 32 for me, Jackie. Be kind to one another. You want to resolve stubborn anger? Be kind to one another. You know how far kindness will go? Tenderheartedness. There's a good one. Forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. How many are thankful for the forgiveness from Jesus? Come on, let me see your hand today. Then we must offer it. If we've received it, we must offer it. And the angry birds will all fly away. There's one more anger that I saw in the Bible that I'd like to mention. It's what I've called sanctified anger. Sanctified anger has got to be channeled. It's got to be focused. You see, there are things that we should be angry about. Righteous anger. Holy anger. Sanctified anger. Remember, the Scripture says, be angry, but don't sin, right? Now, this isn't a license for you just to be angry about anything. Look at this Scripture here. Mark 3. Bring that up. Mark 3, just a few verses here. He entered the the synagogue. Jesus entered the synagogue, and a man was there with a withered hand. Love this. See this in your mind's eye. So the Pharisees are on the sideline. They're watching Jesus closely, whether he would heal them on the Sabbath. God forbid that there be healing on the Sabbath. Can you imagine the mindset of these religious people? They're trying to trap Jesus, wanting to accuse him. Verse number 3, And he said to the man who had the withered hand, Come here, step forward. Then he said to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil? Is it lawful on the Sabbath to save a life or to kill a life? But then they keep their mouths shut. Would to God that they would have done that earlier. They kept silent. Verse number 5. When he had looked around, he looked around at them with anger. Is that up on the screen yet? You see it? Jesus was angry because he was grieved at the hardness of their heart. So he says to the man that needed healing, stretch out your hand. And the man that with the withered hand stretched out his hand and the Bible says his hand was restored and whole just like the other one. Now, don't you love how Jesus does stuff? Jesus was angry. It was a sanctified anger. He was angry with the hardness of their hearts. Jesus was angry with the deceitfulness in their minds and in their their hearts. Jesus was angry at the religious spirit. Maybe it's time for the church to get angry with with a few things, get some righteous anger, sanctified anger that says enough is enough. A righteous anger at the millions of innocent babies aborted every year. A righteous anger at the corruption of the world. A righteous anger against the forces of evil to become angry at pornography that permeates every segment of our society. To become angry at the increase in murders and rapes. To become angry at the staggering abuse of drugs and alcohol in our society. 
When is the last time you just got angry because of untold millions that are dying and going to hell without Christ? A righteous anger. A holy anger. A sanctified anger that is actually focused. It's channeled. Pastor Moses, I want you to come. And uh, folks, I want you to bow your heads for a moment because I know that there are many that deal with anger issues. And we justify it or we play it down or we, we laugh it off, but it's really no laughing matter. It can be paralyzing. It can derail you. If you do not take care of the anger issues in your life, it will stunt your growth as a believer. Sudden anger comes. What are you going to do when suddenly you're angry? Can you control that? Well, you can if you rely on the Holy Spirit to help you. But if it's not controlled it will turn into sinful anger. And that has to be recognized and condemned. That's no way for a, a woman of God or a man of God to live. Condemn it. Sinful anger. If not, it morphs into stubborn anger that takes root and takes, takes authority, really, and rules your life. You've got to get over that and on top of that, and that must be conquered. God, give us a sanctified anger for the things that don't please you. If you're here today and you would say, Pastor, this message was just customized for me. I grapple with anger, and I want God to help me today. If that's you, I want you to lift your hand and put it right back down. Yes, yes, yes. Hands going up all over, this, all over this room. My kids will just throw me into a fit of rage. My husband says some of the craziest things that just angers me. It really is kind of passed down through my bloodline, but today I, I don't accept that. Come on, lift your hand. Let me pray for you. Anyone else? Today's your day to be free. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, it's become very clear to me that I need to forgive, but I'm having trouble forgiving. I want to also pray for you. If you don't mind lifting your hand and you can put it right back down, you're, you're struggling to forgive. Come on, let me see your hand. I want to pray with you right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Just with the simple step of faith of lifting your hand the answer starts working it's happening right now that forgiveness is coming maybe you're able to get on a phone and call someone or send a letter if so and you're led to do that do it but it could be just a freedom today to forgive someone who's maybe not even alive they maybe live in another country or another part of the, the United States but you're liberated today and so, God, I stretch my hands over this congregation. Many have lifted their hands saying that they're struggling 
with anger. God, how we need your help. If we could do this on our own, we would. But we can't. So we call on you, Jesus. Come on and just call on Jesus. Call upon the name of the Lord. (laughs) You said you'd save us. All who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Well, we need salvation from anger right now. So we call on your name and ask that you save us from these anger issues. Free us today that we would have the tools necessary and how to deal with anger when it comes our way. And Lord, especially for these who've courageously asked for prayer to forgive. Let that be supernatural. Come on, if that's you, you need to slip your hands up one more time. It's coming to you right now. Those who are asking God to help you with forgiveness, right here it is. God, pour it in right now. You'll be amazed yourself. You'll be surprised at how God helps you to ask for forgiveness and to offer forgiveness. Supernaturally, Lord, assist them. And we give you thanks for bringing resolution in every, every life. You can put your hands down. I've got one more question with your head still bowed. Do you even know Jesus? Are you living for him? Have you given, given him your heart and your life? The best thing you could do today is to offer Jesus your heart and your life. If you've never done that and you'd like to do it now, I would like to pray for you. Lift your hand and let me pray for you. You're here today and you want to accept Jesus into your heart and into your life and ask him to lead you. Ask him to forgive you. Quickly raise your hand and you can put it right back down. Is there anyone here today you would like to accept Christ into your life? Fifteen more seconds. Come on and lift your hand right now. This is the day. This is the moment. This is your opportunity. Is there anyone? Oh, I'm just going to take that as a good sign. Oh, hallelujah. Can I pray with you? Would you mind? I'm just going to invite you to come and take my hand. Glad you're here. This decision is going to be life-changing for you. Come here, Karen. This is great, folks. What's your name? Dorothy. Dorothy. Are you related? Maybe. Just a friend? I know her from work. Work? Great. I'm not trying to embarrass you. I hope it doesn't embarrass you. But no. this is a great, great moment for all of us. This is Dorothy, everybody. Can you just say hi to Dorothy? I'm going to lead you in a prayer, but it's more than just repeating words after me. It's a matter of your heart, and I know that it's already in your heart, or you would not have responded. So just pray this after me. Dear God, Dear God, I come to you today. I come to you today. And I know you're real. And I know you're real. And I know that I need you. And I know that I need you. I pray that you would accept me as I am. I pray that you accept me as I am. And change me, and change me into what you want me to be. Into what you want me to be. 
Forgive me. Forgive me. Of all of my mistakes. Of all of my mistakes. All the wrong I've done. All the wrong I've done. And all of my sin. And all of my sin. Jesus. Jesus. I believe that you're God's son. I believe that you're God's son. And I want you to be my Lord. And I want you to be my Lord. And I pray this with my heart. And I pray this with my heart. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, George. Wow. Amen. Come here, Debbie. Debbie, come here. I want you to go back to the back with Dorothy and, and kind of connect her to what's next, please. This is Debbie. Debbie's going to help you. It's really that easy. I'm not trying to prolong to prolong, but if there's anybody else that needs Jesus, it's, it's just that simple. It's so, it's so wonderful and simple. Is there anybody else? Give it about 15 more seconds. I said 15 seconds a minute ago, and she slipped up her hand. Come on, anybody else, just let your life be transformed today. Accept Christ. 10 seconds. Nine. They're long seconds. Eight. Anybody? Y'all good? All right, come here, Elliot. I need my, uh, uh, there we go. Come here, Creighton. Woo! You got me Angry Bird music? Anybody want a prize? Anybody like an Angry Bird? Oh, I, I feel like, I feel like being generous. Let's start over here. Oh, right over here. It's slingshot error. Pull, pull it a little closer here. These are made for water balloons. I don't know if I can do it still. Nope, I'm going to throw them. Let me just throw them. upstairs. Oh, I didn't make it. Nope. Who didn't get one right there? There you go. Throw one, Elliot. Go ahead, man. everybody stand up on your feet. Pastor Moses is going to dismiss us. Remember your life group. I think it's our final session tonight. And uh, good to be back home. Did I tell you we saw three different sightings of bear in Montana? It was unbelievable. So thank you for praying for us. But it's good to be back home. Pastor Moses. Let's pray. Lord, we pray today, God, that we won't be angry birds. Father, help us to, uh, to honor you with our life, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that the fruit of self-control would, would, uh, would grow and be evident in our life in every way. Father, we thank you, God, that you have not uh, asked us to do something and you have not given us the remedy to do it, Lord God, and the recipe. Lord, I pray that we would surrender our lives to you every day. Lord God, that, uh, that we would honor you with our actions, with our decisions, God, as, 
when we get to a point where we feel like we, we want to get angry, God, I pray that we would, uh, your spirit would help us, God, to have self-control, Lord God, and to honor you with all that we do. We thank you for your word, Lord God, which is a guide, which is a light for us. And uh, we pray that we would continue in every way, Lord God, to give you honor and praise. We ask you this in Jesus' name. Amen.